You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. Now joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. How you doing this morning, bud? Doing well, doing well. Hope you guys are as well. Thanks for uh, getting up uh, early with us again this morning. I know a late trip, a uh, late getting back uh, last night. Let's start there. Uh, you knew it was going to be an uphill battle against uh, Florida. What would you make of uh, the Tigers' game effort versus Florida? Well, the effort was there. I mean, that was, uh, I guess, probably the most frustrating part for Coach Will Wade, the team, and, and obviously Tiger fans is, uh, you know, talking to Coach after the game, he really felt like it was one of the better efforts. Uh, not a lot of a lackadaisical play on, on both ends. You know, it was a matter of Florida knocking down shots early in the second half. LSU led most of the first half, had a two-point lead. Uh, at the break, but then Florida came out after struggling, knocking down just two three-pointers in the first half. Um, they got some timely ones. Um, they kind of took a page from a number of teams this year uh, where they just came down and, and you know made a dedication to, to driving LSU to the rim, and that's been a problem for the Tigers all year, and that's stopping uh, dribble penetration. And, uh, you know, Florida's got some guys, uh, again, at the three and four that, that handle the ball extremely well, and and that ended up being, um, you know, what got Florida over the hump. They went on a huge run to start the second half. At the 15-15 mark, they had their largest lead, 12 points. And, you know, the crowd was into it. Uh, and to LSU's credit, I mean, they just kept swinging, uh, able to cut it, uh, take a lead late in that second half, and then just went completely stone cold shooting the basketball. Uh, you know, one of 11 to finish the game. It was a 13-3 run for Florida in, in the final um you know, three and a half, four minutes of the game. And, you know, LSU got shots. LSU executed in the offensive set and just shots didn't go down. Uh, so it was unfortunate because I thought they played well. Uh, it was a tough environment. Florida was a hungry team after losing three in a row in SEC play and three out of their last four games total. Um, but at the end of the day, it counts as a loss. And, you know, as Coach Wade told us, he was proud of their effort. But uh, no moral victories. They needed to steal one on the road. Couldn't do it last night. They got to come back and, and play a Ole Miss team that's uh, you know kind of in the same boat. Both teams will be four and seven in the league when they tip it off Saturday inside the Marriott Center at three o'clock. Jake and I had Jake and I have had this discussion. There was a little concern with maybe freshman fatigue setting in with Tremont Waters. It appears now he's kind of battled his way through it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but teams, obviously, this late in the season, I mean, there's no surprises. Uh, and they're really building game plans to, you know, if not completely shut him down, just, just make things frustrating for him. And, and last night was not a stellar night. Uh, he had his moments. He played well in the second half, I think. Uh, finished with nine points. Eight of those came in the second half. Uh, and there were some big buckets, especially when LSU was able to climb back from that 12-point deficit early on in the second half. But but overall, when they take him out and, and make him uh, kind of work from beyond the three-point line and, and just take away his ability uh, to drive and make things happen, I mean, as John Brady said a thousand times this year, when he's aggressive, good things happen. doesn't necessarily mean he's going to score 27 points, but when he's driving to the basket, he draws a crowd. Teams right now, though, are trying to double on him as he starts to drive, making it difficult. Um, they know he's going to try to dribble through the double team 
uh, and they just kind of wall up. Um, you know, sometimes teams early on in the season would try to go for the steal, and they either pick up a foul or they miss, and then Waters goes straight by them. Uh, but now teams are just kind of putting the double team and, and just walling up and forcing him to initiate contact or lose the basketball, uh, which takes away his driving ability because when he gets into the lane, he's either scoring, uh, he's dishing it, or he going, uh, he's going to the line, which he's a very good free-throw shooter. Uh, but really, the majority of the first half, if not the entire game, they made Tremont play from well up top. Uh, and when he's hitting threes, uh, he can get defenses to slack off a little bit and, and, and gave him some room to drive. But just wasn't able to get the shot going early. And Florida just said, hey, we're not going to let you drive against us. One thing I've been noticing as of late is Brandon Sampson seems to be back to his old self. Uh, what added dimension does he give this team? Because when he's on, it seems like LSU is just so much tougher to beat. No, he is the X, X factor. I think Coach Wade has said it a number of times, and that's really the challenge that the coach gave to, to Brandon before the Arkansas game. He said, hey, look, you know, we can sit here and feel sorry for ourselves that we've lost two in a row, uh, or you can go ahead and, and do what we need you to do, especially offensively, uh, to get involved. We need you to be aggressive, much like the – you know, you don't have to say that to Tremont Waters. He, you know, he's going to try to be aggressive. Um, but if they're going to put that much emphasis on stopping Tremont, uh, that's going to allow an athletic guy like Brandon Sampson, uh, if he's looking for the shot, uh, to get his points. Unfortunately, last night, the only Tiger in double figures uh, led the way with 17. But you're right. I mean, when he's playing well, um, you know, it, it just adds a whole other dimension to LSU, especially from a defensive standpoint for the other team. Problem has been, and it's a continual problem, and it's it's one of those deals that Coach Wade and his staff have talked about, and that's continuity just haven't gotten it enough this season where you have a guy who gets 17, gets 14, gets 15, uh, but then you have somebody else in the backcourt that is well under their season average. And uh, both Tremont Waters and Skylar Mays last night, well under their average. And as Coach told us after the game, um, you know, the, the, the three and four played pretty well uh, against Florida, but didn't get eno- enough stuff done uh, with drop reef and uh, didn't get enough done from the point guard. Chris, from our visits in the past, I know you're not a huge fan of a national signing day or perhaps the process, and I know you were on the road uh, yesterday, but any takeaways from uh, this signing period for LSU? Well, I know people were upset. I mean, you could hear it all the way over in Gainesville, um, you know, when when all went down yesterday. And and obviously uh, there were a couple of targets that, that Coach O and the staff really felt good about and felt like, should they get those added to the guys they signed back in the first signing day in December, this one ended up being a top 10 class. As it turned out, they went another direction, and they got left outside the top 10. And I'm kind of one of those guys, and you pointed it out, until they slap on a uniform and do something in front of 100,000 people at Tiger Stadium, I mean, it's all kind of, you know, I don't know what the discussion is all about. There's a big transition going from high school uh, football to the big time power five football and you know there's stories that you can pull from any program in the country of, of guys who were underachievers two stars three stars made a name for themselves at the college level and went on to great careers in the nfl and you've had guys who come in as four and five stars who either don't play a snap or end up not being as as advertised my bottom line from yesterday is it's not the worst recruiting class in the world um, I think you average it all out. You're 15th in the country. Um, 
you know, somewhere some of the places had them as high as 14 or 13 recruiting class. Uh, it'd be nice uh, when you consider that LSU right now, would you like to finish the season at number 13 or 14 in the country? Um, so I don't know that it's the worst recruiting class in the world when you take a look at where the program is and the transition that was made uh, in 2017 with Coach O and a new staff. Um, it wasn't the best, but it's not the worst. And, you know, one of the things LSU has done very well, and you see it on Sundays in the NFL and you saw it during the Super Bowl, uh, they develop players. And, uh, you know, I think Coach O was happy about the guys who wanted to be Tigers. That's number one. Number two, it'll take some development. And uh, who knows, some of these guys that maybe were not as highly touted may end up being the stars of tomorrow. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Not the worst, not the best. Finally, Chris, I know you've been focused on basketball. Have you had the opportunity to sneak over and catch a baseball practice or two? Yeah, I've been able to get over there and, and see and hopefully do a little bit more um, towards the end of this week and, and obviously the start of next week because um, it's coming. You know, I mean, opening yeah. up next Friday against against Notre Dame, two really good series to start the year, Notre Dame and Texas at Alec Box Stadium. And, you know, I know being around Coach Maneri, listening to him talk and, and, and talking to some of the assistants, they're very optimistic about this year's team. I know they've got preseason rankings in the top ten. Uh, they got 17 new guys of the 32-man roster will be playing for the first time in Tiger uniforms. But this is a really talented group. And one of the things I'm sure fans have taken note of, I certainly have, the fact that they've really hit the ball well. Uh, going back to fall ball, really, but they've continued it into a preseason practice. So this is a team that I think can, can produce offense. I think it's all going to come down to – uh, how they develop the, the weekend starting rotations and, and really the midweek rotation I'm going to keep an eye on more so than, than maybe in years past simply because I think uh, even though Zach Hess is going to be in the weekend starting rotation, I think the plan would be if everything goes correctly, some of the newcomers that will be on the bump in the midweeks maybe rise to the challenge uh, and then maybe my midseason by the time conference rolls around might be able to stick Zach Hess back in the bullpen, have him be the closer uh, that can come in uh, multiple times in a weekend and shut a team down. But uh, you know, that's what they do at LSU. They take, uh, they never never rebuild, they just reload. And, and it's a talented team that will get started next Friday. Chris, we appreciate the time. Uh, we'll be listening uh, on Saturday versus Ole Miss. Thank you, bud. All righty, guys. Have a great rest of the week. Will do. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joining us for his weekly visits. By the way, we never did mention this. Uh, we pushed back top 10 Thursday to tomorrow. Uh, just wanted to make that clear. Uh, we didn't just forget about the, the microphone meltdowns. We will have those tomorrow. Oh, nice plug for tomorrow. Yeah. So does it have a catchy title that we got pushed back uh, Friday? Top 10 Thursday on Friday. <laughs> Not too wordy, is it? Uh, uh, let's take a timeout. Coming up after the break, you will hear from Ed Orgeron. He gets a little... Uh, I don't know if testy, testy is yeah, the right yeah, word. That's the right word. A question about this class and why they are not a top five recruiting class. You'll hear from uh, Ed Orgeron plus one of their pri- prized recruits coming up after the break. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the 
King of the Road Parking. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by car king and monroe all right jake uh for this segment let's start here i'm a little concerned about you and ed orgeron all right tell me why <laughs> why are you concerned about first me? of all uh, valentine's day is quickly approaching oh uh, I see. i'm concerned I see. if you got plans yet if you are, have been saving your pennies you know, I, I really don't have plans yet. Is that a bad thing? No. I still got a week. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a unique gift idea, Jake, this Valentine's Day, Jake, how about a relationship checkup from Amber White and the staff at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe? Every year you go to your physician for your yearly routine checkup. Twice a year you go to the dentist for a cleaning and a checkup. Yet, Jake, how often do you go to a professional therapist for a checkup on the most important relationship in your life, your marriage? I'm ashamed to say. A lot of hosts at Sports Talk 97.7 are taking the relationship checkup, and you should too. Mention the morning drive to receive a special discount on your initial visit. Call Firm Foundations Counseling today at 654-7010. Grab a pen, grab a paper. That number is 654-7010, Firm Foundations, or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. Very important. You have to mention morning drive to get that special discount. Yeah. Or you could just type it into your phone like like a normal person today. <laughs> Whatever. It's up to you. You're not like others that may just carry around a, a notepad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who carries around a notepad and pen with them? Not many. That'd be like carrying a camera around now, right? Yeah. Well, some of us still do. All right. Uh, so I was worried about Jake. And now I'm really worried about Orgeron. Losing sleep over this. Well, it, let's start with the positive. First. Okay. So uh, yesterday they did get a pretty good pickup. Uh, you talk about building this receiving core. Oh, receiving core is fantastic. So they're going to have a nice one-two punch, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, they got they already secured Terrace Marshall, and then getting Jamar Chase, the other top pass catcher in the state. I mean, that is that's a tremendous duo right there. Jamar Chase suffered an injury like Terrace Marshall did. He actually suffered a knee injury. Uh, but still had 61 receptions and over 1,000 receiving yards and 13 mm. touchdowns, despite you know getting injured in November, being out the rest of the year. So, is it dangerous that uh, I don't have this? I just got the quote here, the transcript from Ed Orgeron's press conference, 
when he mentions those two, he says him and Terrence Marshall remind me of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. when they signed them yeah, back in the day. I, well, Setting I, the bar that high. I think he's trying to say um, we've got that star power coming in, but I, I don't. I didn't take that as they're going to be as good as Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. That's, I mean, that's just not realistic. There's a lot of reasons to bash National Signing Day, but the pure emotion and when you see things like this play out. Chase steps up to the podium and makes his announcement. This is good stuff. In the next three to four years, I'll be taking my talents to Louisiana State University. That was the good news yesterday for LSU. (laughs) The bad news. Okay was they absolutely whiffed on Patrick Sertan. And, I, you know, you can talk about Mario Goodrich. You can talk about James Foster, other players that they missed on. But for me, missing out on Patrick Sertan was just such a such a big moment for this program because Alabama needed Patrick Sertan too. Alabama needed something to beef up its class as well. And, I mean, even with Sertan, they're number six in, in the country. But – Sertan was big for LSU because they're losing a lot of defensive backs. They're losing a lot of cornerbacks, I should say. I hate getting into this commitment thing, but did you feel like it was a firm commitment going yes. into it? Well, okay, so I, I, it was one of those things where you start feeling less and less confident as it approached. And then you find out that uh, he, he told Orgeron the, the night before that he just wasn't going to come. But, yeah, that was one of those deals where, you know, Corey Raymond had such a great relationship with him that, and I'm talking about, he was a commitment for like what two and a half years. Like he was, he was a guy that they thought they were they had for a very long time, and you know, Raymond had that relationship. And then it came down to Alabama has that national championship legacy. They have that championship program. I want to win championships. I'm going to go play for Nick Saban in Alabama. And a lot of LSU fans today are saying, well, you can't expect to beat Alabama off the field if you don't beat them on the field. I look at it as, you got to beat them off the field to beat them on the field. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to, to beat those great athletes if you don't have great athletes yourself. I'm not saying LSU doesn't, but just this year I thought Sertan was the biggest need going into, especially going into signing day after you already accomplished, you know, fortifying the trenches on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Give Orgeron credit for doing that. That was that was he did a great job with offensive line, defensive line, and at wide receiver. And you mentioned it was huge for Alabama because they have some major holes in that secondary. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was that was huge and just the other takeaway, of course, uh, LSU failed to sign a quarterback in this signing class. It looked like they had really put all their eggs in one basket. That being James Foster. Ultimately, he chooses uh, Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher over Ed Orgeron in LSU. By the way, Jimbo had a great signing day. He he did a really good job of, of getting. You know, he not only salvaged the class, but he improved it. I thought I thought he did a, a marvelous job at Texas A&M. But yeah, LSU missed out on Foster. Uh, it's it's big because I think a lot of people were looking at LSU and thinking, well, one of these one of these three quarterbacks are going to end up transferring. Then that leaves you with two quarterbacks, and you never just want to have two quarterbacks. They did get the the Riverside kid, to, uh, Jordan Loving. Yeah, to take the, the walk on spot and preferred walk on. Preferred walk on, yes. <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, that means they don't get beat up as bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they get to cut in front of the walk on. <laughs> that's right. For, to eat. for a scholarship, yeah. yes. Um, so I mean, that's 
at least they did get somebody. But and what about the kid from uh, Tennessee Tech too? Let's not forget about him. Transferring yeah. him, Andre Sale, I believe is his name. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. I, I'll be honest about that. <laughs> I haven't looked too much into him. Uh, so you still, you would think it does make sense that Brennan Arcees or McMillan, somebody will be on the move following spring. It's just the culture. It's just the way it goes now. So that's what, that's kind of what I'm predicting. But here's here's what I want to ask you, Aaron. After signing day, yeah, of course you can't really listen. You can't really look at the message boards and take that too much into account. But do you feel like his, Ed Orgeron's rope got shorter after that? So we're just talking about one kid. They lost out literally one kid, and that changes the whole tune of everything. Yeah, we're talking about one kid. So, so you're gonna say no. My well, I, I'm going to say because literally it continues to go back to reasons why you hired him in the first place. That's One, recruiting. Two, his coordinators. He was going to have the best staff, and he was going to bring the best offensive coordinator, yeah. and he was going to retain the best defensive coordinator, and they've done a, a wonderful job. They threw a bunch of money at, of course, uh, you know, Aranda to keep him around, and Aranda continues to, to preach and, of course, praise Ed Orgeron. But – Offensively, we'll see what it looks like now with Canada gone and Ensminger because, quite frankly, you don't have the best offensive coordinator in the country now. <laughs> no, you don't. But that's what I was getting to, too. I'm not saying the sky is falling. I'm not saying, you know, this is going to be um, the death the death knell for Ed Orgeron. But that's that was my whole point. You remember when we had that argument about Morris and Orgeron, and I kept saying, well, Orgeron, Morris brings the offense to the table. Orgeron brings the recruiting to the table. I said he's established as one of the best recruiters in the country. And missing on signing day like this, and not just missing – you didn't just miss on Sertan, but you also missed on Goodrich and Foster. Missing like that, that's, that's significant to me. Because I, when you look at Orgeron, you ask, what does he bring to the table? It's the recruiting. Well, he, he's supposed to be known as the best closer in the game, right? And he didn't close yesterday. So that's just all I bring up is, no, the program's not doomed because one kid decided to go to Alabama. But it certainly does hurt my argument when I'm arguing with you saying Orchon's a better coach than Chad Morris. And coach. it comes on the heels of what happened in the bowl game. Not that they and, lost the bowl game. And but. it comes on the heels of the Canada stuff and the and hiring Ensminger, which mm. could end up being a good hire. We don't know. You know, we, we need to see how that works out. We need to give it time. But – it's not a flashy hire. It's not in the process of which he hired him. When you hear that T. Martin's people reached out and he said, no, oh, I got my guy and didn't interview anybody. It's just, you know, when you hear this stuff, you're just going, what are you doing? All right. Then you hear this stuff. Uh, Orgeron questioned about this class and the fact that some have it ranked 13th, 14th in the country. And then he's basically calling out or, you know, talk, you know, question about these recruiting experts across the country are they wrong or is Ed Orgeron in the right here about this being a solid if not exceptional class here's Orgeron's response let's see what happens with this class uh, we have some defensive linemen some offensive linemen that are very good and uh, I trust Von Rankins and uh, I chose this class so I trust my ability to evaluate and develop better than anybody else. I'm not going to trust anybody else's evaluation. Now, we could have had a higher class. I understand that. We missed on some so-called guys, but, you know, to get two of the best receivers in the country, that's something that we wanted to do, to get five defensive tackles, to sign eight or the ten guys in the state of Louisiana. 
We're proud of Take that, Jake. That was the remix right there. Well, sometimes, you know, when I'm editing, that's kind of the highlights going over top. Mm. Is talking about. I figured. Yeah. I just wanted to you know, get a little barb in there. But, yeah, um, <laughs> that's. I guess what else can you say at that point? Shouldn't you try to be conf- or act like you're confident in, in what you hauled in on Sunday? And, listen- and he trusts his evaluation over others. Yeah, but he also evaluated Patrick Sertan and wanted Sertan and didn't get him. That's just what I keep going back to. And it, and it's tough because we're talking about a guy, we're talking about a coach, and we're judging him because a high school kid changed his mind. You know what I mean? Like, that's when it becomes a little bit too far. But at the same point, I mean, this is supposed to be his strength. So it's it's hard finding that, that line of how much can you blame Orgeron for that. It's not often you'll hear a coach literally, after a kid decides not to go to his school, call him by name. But he talked about Sertan and the decision that came down and how that changed their recruiting philosophy in the 11th hour. On cornerbacks, uh, we always thought Patrick was coming. He was our number one cornerback on the board. That never changed. And uh, when he didn't become available, we went after Mario Goodrich, and uh, it was just a day too late. But we weren't going to settle for anybody else. So we, we're going to find another cornerback in next year's class, and we moved Kelvin from safety to cornerback. Uh, that was always the plan, and uh, that's what we're doing. Pretty forthcoming there. That's like uh, when Les uh, talked about Gunnar Keel that year and oh. said he didn't have. What did he say? He didn't have the stuff or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah. Basically, like the heart to be a tiger. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So funny, but yeah, it's it's if you're LSU, I I just look at it now. You're concerned about well, we can't. You can't have any injuries in the secondary. You can't have any cornerbacks go down. And Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton needs to be the player that you thought he was when you when you recruited him last year and, and got him to sign because he he was a big time prospect that they got. Uh, so if he develops and is you know as good as, as you initially thought when you recruited him, then you know that that helps certainly helps. But then you look at the backups and you know where is Kerry Vincent going to play? Where is uh, John Trey Kirkland? And then after that, uh, do you move Jacoby Stevens back over there? Put him at corner. He already said he's going to play Kelvin Joseph, the signed safety yesterday. What about Cam Lewis? What's going on with him? Cam Former Wiseman is a safety. Yeah, you know, I, I just he's a, he's a safety. He's got that big body for a safety. But uh, so anyway, it's it's one of those deals where I don't think LSU will be able to claim DBU next year. Mm. Uh, I got good news for you though, Jake and LSU fans. Uh, Tigers did fare better than Chad Morris in Arkansas on signing day, right? <laughs> yeah. So I got to give them an edge. Uh, the oh, comparisons cer- con- continue. Certainly. What are they ranked? Are they going to be forever linked on this show? Uh, Arkansas is 14th in the SEC. Oh. So. Not what about all that networking, networking and connections in the state of Texas? That was your. That was your. Well, deal, maybe it's just they got a late start. Oh, right? that's what it was. Surely. Yeah. 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 Surely. Well, yeah, the late start didn't hurt Jimbo too bad. Man. Just saying. Man, throwing barbs. 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Coming up next, uh, we visit the high school scene. Busy day across northeast Louisiana. Some of the top players to keep an eye on as they pursue their college careers. The Morning Drive is back after this. 
growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Yes, I Some call them mud bugs. Some call them crawdaddies. Breeders of Delta Style called Catfish Charlie's the best. Crawfish are in season and on the tray at Catfish Charlie's on Louisville Avenue near Office Depot and on 165 North across from Brookshire's. Call this real good, real fish at Catfish Charlie's. Louisiana, this is the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. <laughs> uh, Dwayne weighs in. How did Herm Edwards' first class work out? Uh, I got a chuckle out of uh, Jake yesterday. What was the quote coming from Herm? Uh, let me pull it up. So, Herm, Arizona State's new head coach. Of course. He says, hasn't been in the college game since uh, I think the late 80s. He says, signing day is a little bit unusual for me because in pro football, you get to draft them. In college football, they get to pick you. (laughs) Breaking news. No, Blake. (laughs) Good grief. All right, let's talk a little bit about the local kids. Uh, It's pretty cool. Typically, when you sign on National Signing Day, it's a sheet of paper or two. Rather vanilla, bland, wouldn't you say? What did you say? I'm sorry, I wouldn't listen to uh, The signing papers, usually they're a little bland, vanilla. There's not a lot to them. Yeah, some of them are even fake. <laughs> like some <laughs> yes. of them don't have them, actually have them, and you just got to fake it for the photos. But, yeah, there's, there's and a give plan. up all the secrets. <laughs> uh, West Point Army, though, uh, John Bailey Gallette, did you see that spread and that it looked like a diploma? The diploma? It yeah. looked really good. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. Uh, pretty cool for John Bailey. And you're talking about a kid that literally did it all for West Monroe. You start going back through his career numbers at West Monroe. I mean, their numbers are probably that will never be touched. I mean, to start literally, what, three and a half years as a linebacker for the Rebels, rack up uh, over 530 tackles. Yeah. Talking about a two-time 5A defensive player of the year. Pretty darn impressive. Well, something that Jerry Arledge said at the at, at the conference yesterday, he said, 
those numbers would never be broken here at West Monroe. The 530 tackles would never be broken. Mm. Uh, it is insane. They, I mean, he is a tackling machine. We don't just say that. He, he had the numbers to back it up. I think that's a nice fit at Army. Others came sniffing around late for John Bailey, but uh, he pretty much made up his mind by then. I had an opportunity to catch up with him yesterday and talk about his decision to go to Army and overall just his career at West Monroe. I love it. You know, uh, everybody that's here, you know, supported me in some way and helped me get to this point where I am and assigned with people like Megan and Chris. School West Monroe is, and I'm just honored to be a part of it. What was ultimately your decision-making process, Army over perhaps others? Uh, honestly, it's just that's the most place I felt at home. You know, the brotherhood up there is great. I uh, love the coaches. The people are great. Uh, can't tell you enough about uh, just the people that they are. You know, a lot of respect for everybody that serves and uh, all the effort they put in up there. You know, I met some of the teachers, and everybody just loves what they do, and it's a lot of passion. A little bittersweet. This chapter of your life is over. You're turning the page and looking forward to the next one. Yeah, it's bittersweet. You know, looking back at my four years of high school, you know, I didn't get what we wanted, but I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I met some great people here, my best friends, you know, brothers I consider them to be, and I consider everybody family that I played with, and uh, I, I'm going to miss it. John Bailey Gallette as he heads to Army. Uh, one of the marquee uh, signees yesterday, a kid that certainly looks the part. You look at Jacoria Spivey from uh, Richwood. He looks like an SEC player. Signs yeah. of Mississippi State. Yeah, real quick, I want to mention uh, signing with John Bailey was Chris Toms, ULL. He's going to be a punter uh, for them. And uh, Megan Povrick, uh, Louisiana Tech, soccer. Um, and I mentioned in the, in the first hour, 33 on our SET. Very impressive. Out at Richwood, uh, probably the biggest signing day in Richwood's history. At no least. doubt. Uh, so six sign overall. Got another three they'll probably go on to play in the college ranks. Pretty cool for Richwood, the 3A state runner-ups. Uh, Jacaria Spivey and Idaria Caesar being the headliner. Caesar, of course, uh, going to TCU. Spivey, the big tight end with that frame, taking his talents to Mississippi State. I had an opportunity to catch up with him after signing on the dotted line. It means a lot. It's a big, it's a big chance, a big chance in my life to do something big. Um, we'll get a degree and play SEC football and get a chance and try to give a chance to play in the National Football League if that's ever possible. The coaching change, I know it happened late. Uh, did that affect you at all? No, it didn't affect me. I stayed true to my, I stayed true to my commitment to the school. It just, it wasn't about all about the coaches. It's about me going, feeling like a place that I can go and have an effect on my life. How cool is this? I don't even remember the last time Richwood had this many players signing on this day. What's it like to have one more day with your teammates? Oh, it feels great. It's, uh, it's, good. it's great because everyone don't get a chance at every school. There's many people that want to play football, but I'm glad that my school and my t teammates and friends get a chance to do something big also. What are they telling you about playing at the next level? How much weight are you going to have to gain and things like that? To play tight it's not, it's not, I'm not having to gain much weight because I'm already almost there. It's just coming in, getting a learning thing, learning experience, like learning things so I can be able to chance, have a chance to play. He was sporting a sweet maroon blazer. So sweet. I keep going back to that state championship game before he, he unfortunately got ejected. But, man, what a what a performance that was. Uh, seemed like, uh, you know, he, he was, you know, Richwood made a couple of runs at the, in that game, and he was – you know, at the center of it with those big-time catches. Spivey Caesar, the the headliners, but there's a couple others, including the Javier Wade. Big pickup for Brad Laird down at Northwestern mm -hmm. State. This is a kid that really emerged this year at defensive end. 
Yeah, I mean, how many times do we see teams run away from him? I mean, he he is uh, an impact player. I think he needs to beef up a little bit. Would like to see him put on a little more uh, weight. But, yeah, I think he's going to have a great career at Northwestern. Uh, offensive lineman Jabari Danzi, talk about a big fella. Uh, he signed with Northeastern Oklahoma. Quarterback Joseph Smith signed with Garden City Community College. And running back Anthony Watson signed with Northeastern Oklahoma as well. You look at other high-profile players from Northeast Louisiana signing on the dotted line. You go over to Carroll. Uh, they got a big fella in uh, Isaac Ellis. He had been committed to Memphis for quite some time. I know he made a visit to Louisiana Tech. The Bulldogs came in late. I thought they had a chance to steal him, but ultimately he signs yesterday wearing a bold Memphis cap. <laughs> you weren't a fan. It was too what, loud for you. It was too loud for me. I stopped my style. What did you think of it? I liked it. If you they know, had it in a visor style, I would be all in. It was. It was. It, I feel like it had every different color on yes, the hat. Yes. So. Uh, here's uh, Isaac Ellis uh, on his uh, decision to go to Memphis. Uh, just being in this position is, is a blessing. Uh, you know, coming from where I'm from, don't too many people had this opportunity. And uh, I'm just thankful that God has a plan for me and I'll be heading to uh, the University of Memphis this fall. What do you see for your future? How do you, how can you get better? Um, just going in and working hard from day one. They talking about uh, starting as a freshman, so got to come in and put in the work. The decision-making process, I know some schools came in late. Memphis was in there pretty early. Yes, sir. Ultimately, what was it about Memphis, perhaps over other schools, that were the deciding factor? Um, I, I just feel like the coaching staff, uh, Coach Norvell, Coach uh, Ryan Silverfield, they've just, they just been on me ever since they met me. And, uh, the love that they showed was second to none. Louisiana Tech, one of the schools, I mean, did they make a late push for you? Uh, yeah, uh, Louisiana Tech came in a little late. Um, that was been one of my favorite schools ever since I was younger. They came in a little late, but... Um, I just felt like Memphis was the right choice for me. He's 6'3", uh, 310, 320 pounds, give or take. Big fella. He Big looks fella. the part. Yeah, he looks the part, and he's been you know, a player that we've talked about for, for many years now. He's been one of the staples on that offensive line for Carroll. Other signees yesterday. Other signees, uh, Washita, they had their the early signing day trio with Jabari Johnson, Josh Newton, those two going to ULM. And Jaden Harris at Arkansas State, they had those uh, on stage. But um, Chris Lewis um, signed as a preferred walk-on with ULM, and so did Shadarius Ellis. Um, Kenneth Bowie, offensive lineman, signed with East Texas Baptist. And uh, LSU Eunice baseball signee Jake Hammond was on stage as well. Uh, Jake Hammond actually got some, some football offers <clears throat> kind of late in the game and kind of forced him to decide between baseball and, and football, but he, he stuck with baseball. Out at Neville? Neville this had, has become a yearly tradition yeah, for the Tigers. Is, and this was kind of a tame year for Neville, uh, but still had six, I believe six or so, six players on stage. Uh, Devin Phillips and Max Mitchell signed uh, D1 offers. Uh, Phillips signed with Colorado State, and Mitchell signed with ULL. Uh, Demain Riley, kid that we've enjoyed covering, running back, uh, signed with Navarro College. Anthony Freeman, who, who's been you know mr reliable on defense uh signed with washita baptist and uh peyton batterford signed with uh fort scott community college in kansas up in oak grove we mentioned uh, john bolding uh, the big offensive lineman signing with ulm donald gray had an exceptional senior year he is heading to trinity junior college over there in texas down in columbia nice day for caldwell jd abrams south arkansas the quarterback and then eric london 
in his 40 touchdowns from this past year. He finds a new home at Henderson State. Very nice. Uh, and Sterlington had a soccer player in Chandler Manning sign a scholarship to play with Hampton University. Rust in a big ceremony over there. Donald Johnson staying close to home, going to Grambling. DeAndre Marcus, we mentioned him. The running back that made the transition from linebacker to running back this past year for the Bearcats. He's just going right across the street to Louisiana Tech. And Taj Samuel, what a player he has been and how much fun he's been to cover over the course of the last basically two, three years. Uh, he should make an impact at McNeese State. No doubt. Looking forward to seeing what he does at the next level. Uh, Madison, of course, uh, Kevin Jones, uh, the signee for ULM. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a kid that played quarterback for them. But, I mean, he's just literally an athlete. He's going to be a little raw, but the potential's off the, the charts. Got to feel like uh, he can make a difference in the secondary for the Warhawks. ULM's had a big splash uh, locally the last two years. I think uh, if three years ago I was kind of going, man, where are all the ULL signees at? And, you know, the, these past two years you've seen ULL really go, ULM really go local, and it's paid off. Aaron's late to the conversation. Thanks for just joining us. Uh, he wants to know who's the kid that flipped from LSU to Alabama. <laughs> that would be Patrick Sartan, the cornerback, uh, five-star corner. Uh, was he the highest? He might have been the highest-rated kid. He was. Uh, they had him at fifth overall, yeah. uh, highest one that wasn't unsigned from yesterday. Yeah, so he that was that's kind of what we've been talking about all, all morning, Aaron, is how uh, he flipped and how it has uh, – Create a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of fire underneath Ed Orgeron. A lot of fans are unhappy uh, today. A lot of LSU fans are unhappy that he got away from LSU. And to pour salt in the wound, he went to Alabama and said the reason why is because they win championships. Aaron's got a great name, and he thinks a little like me. Uh, his text? I just wanted to make Tiger fans sad again today. <laughs> you, I think this is you. Are you, are you texting in? Dude. I can't multitask that true. much. This is true. 888-993-7762, uh, the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. We still got some news and notes nationally from National Signing Day, plus another National Signing Day incident involving a parent. Oh, brother. This is good stuff. Well, not good. This is actually really sad. <laughs> uh, that fallout coming up next on our parting shot. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. When things come out of left field, having a game plan can help make a difference. Farmers Insurance has been providing practical insurance knowledge for more than 89 years. Talk to an experienced farmer's insurance agent today and find out about insurance options so you can get the coverage you want. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find simple, practical insurance knowledge at Farmers.com. That's Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. 
athletes are always being put to the test. It's how they know they're strong and tough enough, or if there's room to be better. Well, the same goes for car batteries. That's why AutoZone offers free battery testing. If your car is having trouble starting, just stop in and get your battery tested on the spot for free. Whether it's just a loose cable or time for a new battery, you won't have to buy a part you don't need. Stop in today and put your battery to the test. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Uh, it was supposed to be top 10 uh, Thursday, but uh, Jake wanted to push it back a day. Top 10 Thursday on Friday. So, we're looking for uh, nominees uh, related to sports. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, just doing a little uh, research here. It's going to be fun tomorrow. Yeah, um, I discovered one. I won't reveal who it is, but I discovered one that I had not seen before. Uh-huh. It may I was un, I was very uncomfortable watching it, hmm. and it's definitely going to be in my top five. Like I can't wait to to play that because it is one of the. I, if I was interviewing the person, huh. I'd have been scared to death. I'll just say that. Were they in the same room with him? Yes, one on one. All right, uh, that's coming up tomorrow. A little bit of a tease as we get to our parting shots on this Thursday morning. <laughs> All right, Jake, it seems like we have one of these like every other year now. As National Signing Day has progressed, it's got to be like this TV spectacle. you got to get the, the national guys involved. The ESPNU's got to fill some time. So they want to do a bunch of these uh, signings live. Do them live. Sometimes and you run into a little bit of issues. Yeah, uh, as live TV, as you know, Aaron, can, can, can offer. But uh, this incident came when uh, Jacob Copeland – was announcing his schools. He had three hats. He had the Georgia hat, the Tennessee hat, and the Florida hat. And right next to him, his mother, I believe she was wearing a Georgia hoodie and like a Tennessee hat. Anyway, she was representing the other two schools. I thought she had an Alabama shirt on. Alabama, that's what it was, not Georgia, Alabama, sorry. Um, So she was sporting other schools, and uh, he ended up picking – so he makes the decision of course this is just audio so once he makes the decision she will literally just get up immediately and leave the little table that they have set up and then of course then the interview tries to proceed from there that's where we pick it up but i like now that i'm taking my time for the next three to four years So, Jacob, you're you're going to Florida. Uh, Who just got up and left there to your right? Who got up and left? Oh, that was my mom. And why did she walk out and leave? Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly why why she walked out, but, yeah. I I don't know. Jacob, we saw her wearing the Alabama sweater there. Uh, 
what were those conversations like with her about about where you were going to school? Uh, uh, we, we had a lot of conversations uh, back and forth about where I should uh, go. Mm, just so cringeworthy. Oh no, uh, it's horrible. It is. Man. It's awful. It's terrible. Nick got to her. It's Nick got to her. <laughs> Nick offered her more. Huh? Uh, that's where Jake's going. I'm just saying Nick got to her. He won her over with the personality. Maybe he danced in, yeah, in her living room. Yeah, maybe that was the case. She's going to miss seeing his dance moves. Oh, um, just sit there and take it. Exactly. Even if it's not what Support you want. Your, it's his choice. Yeah. He can go wherever he wants to go. It's a, it's a full ride. You don't have to pay for it. You know, and it's never good when there's a delayed pause when he makes the announcement with the the clapping. Oh, uh-huh. All right. Uh huh. Well, I had trouble understanding what he said. Maybe they. Well, did that's too. the whole other issue with uh, when you try to do this live with high school kids. They get so I, nervous. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. You know, majority of them aren't great interviews to start with, and who is when you're that age and you stick a camera in front and then let alone the say, then saying, "Hey, we're going to put you on national TV to yeah. do this thing on top of it." Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you'd have a... Jake would be just a fumbling, bumbling I wouldn't mess. say a word. I just... <laughs> my hands would start rising like Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do you with You'd just mumble, where's Ron? <laughs> LSU, go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my talents to FAU. All right, um, so what's the fallout from this? So Jacob Copeland puts on uh, Facebook, I believe, or, or Twitter. He puts on social media. He says, it has finally come to the light. My own family don't believe in me succeeding at what I want to do. I'm proud to see how they really feel about me. After tomorrow, them specifically, people should not say a word to me, and they they know who they are. Awful. Just He's awful majoring situation. in English, too, right? Yeah, well. <laughs> but, yeah, just really awkward. Uh, just an awful situation. I did see later on she came, and, you know, they she hugged came back and, and kissed hugged. it out, and they, you know, they... All's well, I guess. And then that tweet comes out. Yeah, then that tweet comes out. I got a couple more takeaways from signing day, though. My first, uh, or my other takeaway is Georgia absolutely crushing it, which they came into signing day, um, you know, already crushing it. But then they they enter signing day. They flipped the four-star linebacker, uh, Quay Walker, from Bama. Thinks Nick's going to be happy about that. And then they get the the five-star cornerback, Tyson Campbell. Mm. Um believe they have and they also <laughs> flipped the michigan michigan's one top 100 player uh the four-star linebacker otis reese they flipped him and what what is the deal with michigan harbaugh is supposed to be this master recruiter they take all these trips all can't across the world camps anymore yeah <laughs> it went to paris i mean now he still can't get one kid in the top 100 that was a shocker yeah. that was a shocker but uh, if you look at george's class listen to this aaron mm. seven five stars mm. Four, 15 four stars. Are you kidding me? Like that is ridiculous. And I know you don't win championships with with five star with, with just stars on a sheet. But if you don't think they're they're piling talent at Georgia, uh, you got another thing coming. Um, and of, of course, I like what Kirby's doing, you know, on the field as well. I mean, they just played for a national championship and took Bama into overtime. So that was one of my takeaways. My other t- takeaway was was Michigan, the fact that they didn't get a top uh, 100 player and finished 20th in the nation right. in recruiting. Uh, you might look at that as a positive. I certainly don't. Michigan should. Michigan's one of those schools that should always be top 10 in my eyes, especially with the success that Harbaugh's had in recent years. It's really shocking to see them at 20. 
Uh, LSU's defensive backs, they sign only one, which is the fewest since 2005. Les Miles signed at least three every year. And here's my last my last little thought, because we had a caller yesterday who definitely does not like signing day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people text in, and they agreed with him uh, about, about the you know signing day. But I, I'll say this. It is important. Do, do, do certain kids get carried away with certain things? Yes. Uh, are we going to go crying that millennials are privileged and all this? You can, whatever. But it is a big indicator as to how schools are going to perform. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the 2018 NFL Combine invites, Alabama had the most, Ohio State had the second most, then Georgia and LSU, and then Florida State. If you look back at the last five years in recruiting, all five of those schools were top five. That's your top five, and they're they're obviously sending talent to the next level of the NFL. So, no, it doesn't mean that you're going to win a national championship. No, it doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, go undefeated. But it does mean that you, you – it is a very good indicator that you have the best talent in the country. Uh, my other parting shot, uh, Michael Smith, of course. Uh, I would say his days on SportsCenter 6 are uh, going to be very limited or will be – his uh, time will be running out. He just recently did an, an interview and basically said him and Jameel Hill – were muted in the final months together, and that frustrated the blank out of them. And then he went on to say in this interview, uh, what will he do now with Hill moving on? And he said, basically, I'm just going to continue to do the same blank that I've been doing for the past 14 years at ESPN. Uh, that ought to go over pretty well with his boss. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> very professional yeah. of him. To, very very uh, it, well thought out statement. And I know you've got it on your uh, DVR and you've got the days marked. Uh, the, the the dog show about to start. Oh, brother, no. Did you see who's going to do a little broadcasting work on it? Snoop Dogg? Uh, Shannon Sharp. Oh, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> I just guess the Snoop Dogg because he seems to be doing more commentating things. Uh, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Okay, wow. I wasn't going to watch it to begin with, but, <laughs> so that doesn't affect me at all. Uh, we had fun today. Tomorrow we will, uh, we're will we going to do our top ten uh, Thursday on Friday, biggest meltdowns in sports uh, history. We certainly want to get your take and your nominees tomorrow. Also, uh, I don't know what else we got planned for tomorrow. we got 24 <laughs> to hours to figure you. it out. we got 22 <laughs> hours to figure it out. Uh, we'll, we'll have fun. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm, I'm, we've got some really good uh, microphone meltdowns to play yeah. and to analyze. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening today. Uh, The Edge is coming up next. The Morning Drive will be back tomorrow morning at 7 8. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.